0: My name is Jack Barsky I was born and raised in East Germany Was recruited by the KGB I am, to the extent I know The only existing ex-undercover KGB agent Who worked on behalf of the KGB in the United States I did that for 10 years Today I'm a U.S. A, 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 a citizen You know, I'm ready to spill the beans No holds barred There's no questions, they're off-limit off, off I was uh, a third year student uh, in East Germany, I was studying chemistry. I was an ace student, I pretty much aced everything, not necessarily because I was the smartest but I was very hard working. And one day I was sitting in my dorm room, there was a knock on the door, there was no nameplate on the door. The fellow obviously knew who he was looking for, he was looking for me, he asked whether I could imagine myself to one day work for the government. If you wanted to have a super career you would join the government, they ruled everything. So I answered. Yes, but not as a chemist. I knew deep down inside he was a secret service of some kind. From that point on, I met him one more time. He then handed me over to somebody with a Russian accent, saying unceremoniously, oh, by the way, we're working with our Soviet friends. So this is how I... Got into the hands of the KGB. I was delighted to have the attention of what was at the time and probably in history the most powerful single organization on the planet. So from the moment they disclosed to me that this was actually KGB, the second thought was, and oh by the way, whatever we're talking about is secret. As long as you're working with us, you are a secret. So nobody but nobody, not even your mother, will hear anything about what you're doing with us. Anything about our relationship. There was no money. There was no power offered. There was only service to the cause, mind you. I was a believing communist. The bait was, fundamentally, you get to help us, the Soviet Union and the Eastern camp, to defeat the evil capitalists and establish a worker's paradise on the entire planet. But there was a secondary consideration that wasn't really stated, but it was clear because I knew from literature and some movies that you get to live the good life you know you get to go to the west to try to overthrow the government be that west germany or france or the united states but while you're doing it you also get to live the good life there was no fear there was it was all excitement it's over
1: it's over you have to be willing to
2: rewatch a movie oh
1: hell yeah
2: Clare, banana. If he he's going like, to aggregate
1: this.
3: Lillard, long-range three. Ah! That's That's
0: good. Good. Their defense is atrocious. Atrocious. John Pusser, the rock star. Right the cowboy. People. People. Tiso Tiso is the official watch of the NBA.
4: Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation.
1: I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos.
5: You know, we love China. We love no there. It comes with dunk.
6: Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? <laughs> Back me.
4: Okay, so we are back. We're back with Anton. We're back with so, Anton. Uh we open on Anton who is sitting cross-legged, sitting beside the blinds. What a what a opening tableau. Yeah. Oh my god. Got-
1: this is pure Paul Michael Glazer uh running man. It is like just like there's like fog. It's so dimly mm-hmm. lit.
5: Or it's like a like a Tony <laughs> Scott film. It's very yeah, like that, that kind <laughs> yeah. of like yeah, that, that just haziness that pervades the entire set, yes. you know. So
2: we have little problem, duh. Good. We skip little problem. And go straight line to big problem. And what is big problem coach? Smilkov and Bruskin. Who? Smilkov, and Bruskin. Last night, they win European Championship.
1: And, ladies and gentlemen, this might be my favorite sequence in the whole film. I have so much to say about... Oh, my God, yeah. We're going to
5: take this this one frame by frame. (laughs) This
1: is a real... This is, like... We are not going to rush it. You know, the first eight times I watched this film, the scene didn't hit me, and then right before we recorded the pod, I was like, I got to watch it again, and I, like, you know, my eyes opened wide that I... Found something that I like. It was there
4: the whole time. So yeah. Anton opens the scene saying, "So we have a little problem."
5: Huh? Wait, sorry, real quick. Can we just set this uh, the the establish the setting here? Because um, I want to make it clear, we're not actually in France yet. Correct? We're still. This
1: is Kate's, this is Kate's facility in Greenwich. Yeah, we're back in Greenwich. in Greenwich,
5: right? So all that hotel stuff that that just went down in our previous episode. That was in Chicago. That was following. That was basically like their last night after you know the, the nationals in Chicago. So yeah. that that all that hotel stuff was in Chicago. So now we're back in Kate's compound in Greenwich, Connecticut.
1: Yes, they have made they have made the Olympics at this point. They <clears throat> made it on a technicality, but they are in. They have celebrated. Yep. Still counts. Uh, and, still counts. And it still counts. There still counts. They've had their fun. They've celebrated in Chicago. And yes, they are back in Greenwich. And now it's time to go back to work. It's time to train. And Anton is here. Yeah. And gives a rousing speech. Yeah.
4: yeah, Chris, Chris, tell us a little bit about the speech. So yeah, Anton says, so we have a little problem, huh?
2: So we have little problem, duh. Good. We skip little problem. And go straight line to. Big
4: problem, and he's alluding, obviously, to the to the fight that Moira and Doug are having. But then he mentions a much bigger problem. He's yeah,
5: alluding to uh, to basically, he's acknowledging that their, you know, their their uh, their enemy, uh, Rick, and, and you know, Laurie by extension, have have made their chess move. You know, um, he's he's acknowledging that the enemy has advanced, uh, and it, you know, it feels like a checkmate. Like that was. Like I said, that was a pro job that that Lori pulled in Chicago. Um, <laughs>
1: you think that's the little problem he's referring to? We print the inside of the van. all the
0: inside of the van is a volcano. Just find something and make it look like something that looks like a print. We don't have enough for a conviction. Fine, but I need to get them in a room. Right now, they are burning the money bands in some bullshit safe house. All their alibis were paid for a week in advance. We're not going to pull any DNA off of this or off the switch car. And that, as they say, is that. This is the not fucking around crew. So find me something that looks like a print so I can grab one of these assholes and shake their tree. Because this not fucking around thing is about to go both ways.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, no, he's saying that we have a little problem. Like, the you know, the, 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 um, the division, you know, the, the tension between there, them. saying there are
4: two problems. There's a little problem which is the feud between Moira and Doug. Yeah. And then there's a big problem.
2: And what is big problem, coach? Smilkov and Bruskin. Who? Smilkov and Bruskin. Last night they win European Championship. Perfect scores. Everybody's been blown away. Contest is over. Smirkov and Bruskin are
4: unbeatable. Smirkov and Bruskin.
5: Yeah. And you're last and you're like night, is that another uh Russian operative team? Uh, it sounds sounds to me like a, <laughs> uh, Yeah. but
4: Yeah. Yeah, no, last night Smirkov and Bruskin won the European Championships. Mm. Perfect scores. They are the consensus favorites for gold at the Olympics. They said, so everyone's
1: it's, been blown away. Contest is over. Smirkov and Bruskin are unbeatable. There are two
4: things happening. There are two things happening here. We have the personal problems of Doug and Moira, but then they have a much bigger problem, which is Smirkov and Bruskin are indestructible. And unless Doug and Moira can get their shit together and come up with something original and fantastic and new, they're they're not they're not even going to sniff gold. That's not even going to be in the cards for them. Yep. Yep. He but, lays it
1: he lays it all out there for him.
4: Anton floats a possible
1: solution.
5: That's right. He does
1: in the most dramatic way he possibly could. Uh, he well, just starts laying pieces of paper all over the ice. Yeah. Uh, just, let's
5: let's just remember here that uh, you know uh, Rick and Lori are are not the only ones that know the uh, you know the international. Uh, game of of spycraft and and chess
2: you said you wanted to know how to get capone do you really want to get him you see what i'm saying what are you prepared to do everything within the law and then what are you prepared to do if you open the ball on these people mr nesh you must be prepared to go all the way because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the
5: Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. There's a uh, certain wily Russian, uh, perhaps Ukrainian, uh, you know, friend here by the name of Anton Pamchenko. And this guy's a fucking grandmaster, okay? Okay. Uh this guy was playing this game long before Rick and Lori were ever even on the scene. Uh and he was doing it during the Cold War and you know they call it the Cold War, but for people like Anton, uh let's just say, you know, wasn't so cold. Um this is a man <laughs> who has uh who has changed people, who has altered people forever, uh warped them permanently. Um, he's done things that, that Rick and Laurie could never dream of.
0: I get on a train. I go to Berlin, and I had to meet somebody there again. There was no address given. It was another one of those clandestine meetings. I meet this guy. We sit down in his car, and the first thing that came out of his mouth said, by the way, your first task is to find a place to stay. I went around in the outskirts of Berlin. Berlin. Knocked on doors and uh, asked people, and eventually I found sort of an outbuilding. I succeeded, and I would meet this fellow once a week in his car for a while, and he would give me some tasks. I started training and I started learning some, you know, some of the The fundamentals of espionage technique, that included secret writing techniques, encryption, decryption, shortwave radio, Morse code, counter surveillance, secret investigations, how a Western government operates, and lastly was language. I was told that every agent like me had to learn one other language, and I picked English. After about six months, all of a sudden, they found an apartment for me. So that was an indication that I was really A fellow comes from Moscow to visit, and he asked me, so uh, how's your English? And I said, it's pretty good, I can read. And he showed him a novel, I can read this without a dictionary. He said, what? So they flew me to Moscow for an interview, and one said, he won't be able to do this, and the other one said... I think he could. So they decided, all right, let's give it a try. So they brought me to Moscow for two years and I had very, very intense language training. And I got to a point where it was decided that I had enough of American diction in me to explain a residual German accent. The explanation I found was that my mother was German and we spoke a lot of German. Columbus Day in 1978. Ten days prior to that, I entered the United States at Chicago O'Hare. The trip from Moscow to... Chicago was about two and a half weeks. It involved uh, one, two, three European cities, Mexico City, until I wound up in Chicago. There were three false passports involved, two West Germans, and the last one I used was a Canadian one, with which I entered the United States. That was one of the few moments in my entire quote-unquote career that I was scared. Somehow I figured that it was like written on my forehead, KGB. But I got through, and after that, the tension pretty much dropped off. I tell you what, though, I couldn't sleep that night. I drank a half a bottle of Johnny Walker Red to get me to sleep. I have the same thought
1: that's going on right now, and I just want to acknowledge we're about to have the same tinfoil hat on. Yeah, Uh, It's very, uh, very important what we're about to discuss.
5: This man is about to make his chest move now, and... How is he going to do it? He's going to do it through master, you know, mind control and manipulation—the only way he knows how. And uh, I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm just sitting back and and ready to watch this man cook. So,
4: so Anton says he has a possible solution, but then he also says, "But it's, you know, it's too dangerous." Yes, correct. Too
5: dangerous. That is is correct, Anton. Yes.
4: Yes. So no spoilers. He's putting it out there. That is correct. He's already putting it out there. (laughs) this we can't you know i have an idea it's brilliant it's incredible but unfortunately it's much too dangerous for us much to serious. ever think about executing
5: already yeah. just a brilliant psychological tactic here you know well, uh, yeah. i like, mean well
4: you gotta i mean can we at least hear about it can you at least tell me a little something about it like how dangerous is it mm, then,
5: no no no, no. Yeah. you don't want to you don't want to know no, there's know. no way now, so already I'm, the the anticipation is heightened
2: Everybody's being blown away Contest is over. Smilkov and Bruskin are unbeatable. So, hello, Soviet surprise package. Goodbye gold medal. Of course, there is a possible solution, but uh, it's probably too dangerous.
0: these come from
2: for 20 years i've been working on this but you know to have skaters to have situation to have Jelania desire it's not ready until now what is this is, it, is this a bounce spin into a throw mm-hmm.
3: you can't do that
2: the key to this
5: is release there can be no halfway
3: no no it's illegal <laughs>
2: Legano, ni Legano, it's, it's gray area.
5: Yeah, you know, the expectations, like, that. he just sets the, 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 he lays the drama out just like, you know, like, a, again, like a master, a magician. The
1: way he's laying this out for them is in the most insane way possible. That he pulls out tattered pieces of paper yes. that literally has the same quality as a pirate's treasure
5: map. <laughs> Literally, paper, I wrote the same the, the, thing in my map in my notes. On the open seas. Walk the plank.
1: Yeah, these these pieces of paper are tattered and tea stained, the edges are slightly burned and <laughs> burned but I mean, there he are burn did marks. Drawings with like a quill. Yes. <laughs> and he and has got sketches of little figures in You know, the first time I see this movie, like, I didn't really pay attention to what was on there. Yeah. But, like, the sketches, this is our earliest look at what the Pamchenko is. No. And when you really look at the sketches of the people which are the equivalent of like cave drawings done
5: cave by drawings people. exactly it's like cave exactly like Michelangelo
1: yeah no <laughs> yes. yeah
5: yeah or like yeah it's like a mix between like a cave drawing and like a da vinci diagram yes, yes
1: it's like the da, da vinci diary yeah absolutely there's like you know the the man with the circle around him with multiple yes. arms yes. and then also crude little people with like odd shapes that you're like is that tantric sex happening on these sheets (laughs) or is it something else it's something else it's a figure skating move that Anton has been cooking up for 20 years Doug goes where did these come from and Andy
2: goes for 20 years I've been working on this where
0: did these come from
2: for 20 years I've been working on this but you know to have skaters to have situation to have desire it's not ready until now what is this? Is, it, is this a bounce spin into a throw? Uh-huh.
1: But you know, we have skaters who have situations, who have desire. Like, Anton buries this with an unintelligible yes. sentence. Yeah, and I was like, it doesn't make Doug, any sense. Doug feels the taste that he's enticed by, like, these crazy, kooky notes that have been laid about on the ice, like dog treats for Doug. Like, he's <laughs> like, literally, like, he's put them about, and like, Doug is. He's frothing at the mouth for yeah. like, what is this ancient wisdom you've dropped all over the ice for me? It's not ready until now.
0: What is this? Is, it, is this a bounce, spin
2: into a throw? Mm-hmm.
3: You can't do that.
2: The key to this is release. There can be no halfway.
3: No. No, it's illegal.
2: Oh, legano, nie legano. It's, it's gray area. Bounce, spin to a throat twist, and I catch her. uh sort of.
3: We can't do
2: this. Why not? We have all the pieces.
3: We have five weeks.
0: The Pamchenko twist.
5: It's like they're like these like mystical like papyrus scrolls that that yes, like that yes. that he like lays down and it, and it honestly like looks like it could be some like ancient runic magic spell or something. Absolutely. And and I love I love the way the Doug asks. He doesn't say what are these or why are <laughs> you doesn't... showing these. He says. Where did these come from? Yeah. Where did his, did these come from? That is a that is a, that is a question asked by a confused <laughs> and frightened person. Like not you know again like he it's almost like he's like he wants to know where they came from so he can like like go back and like close the portal to the unholy yes. nether yes. realm from which they emanated. Like I think he actually believes these are like pages pages from like the Necronomicon. Like, yes, and he, yes, <laughs> he's very disturbed and 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 very frightened. Yeah.
4: So I also think it's important to note here that when you zoom out a bit, and there is actually a wide shot.
5: The number of pages?
4: No, it's not the number of pages. I was just going to say, like, how dimly lit this whole scene is. Oh, yeah. They do sort of paint Anton. It it, it gives you like a sense of like. Who Anton is? That he's this like mastermind. That
5: mm-hmm. it's
4: this dimly lit room. There at at one sixteen twenty eight. The wood paneling on the walls. There are these VCR tapes. There are multiple yeah. VCR those, units. Like, old school, yeah, like old AV timey equipment. TV, old timey TV where he's been watching, you know, old old um, routines. You know, mm-hmm. you, you
5: can imagine, grainy black like, and white films of like yeah. you know old yeah. Soviet skaters. And again,
4: Yeah, like the blinds are the blinds are closed, so you're barely getting any sunlight. This is a madman. This is a man who lives in the darkness, who's sharing (laughs) a dark secret plan about doing illegal activity on the ice. Yes, dangerous plan. Which is it's actually that's
1: brought up directly. Doug goes, "What is this? A a bounce, spin into a throw?" And Kate finally skates into frame, and she goes, "You can't do that." Which Anton (laughs) replies. Uh, The key to this is release. There can be no halfway. And Mm. Kate
2: replies, no, no, it's illegal. No. No, it's illegal. Legano, ni legano, it's it's
1: gray area. This is my favorite line of the whole film. He goes, legano, no legano, it's gray area. (laughs) He goes, it's gray area. Kate is emphatically stating it's illegal, which again... I'm going to get to my theory in a moment.
5: Yeah, no spoilers, Doug, but it, it is.
1: Yeah. Doug, Doug is. Doug is frothing at the mouth. He's been told something that he loves to hear. It's illegal. The yeah. guy who sits in the penalty box for half his hockey career loves hearing this. Bounce spin
2: to a throat twist, and I catch her? Uh, sort of. We can't do this. Why not? We have all the pieces. We have
3: five weeks.
0: The Bamchenko twist.
3: Absolutely
2: not. What do you expect us to name it after you? No, no, it's a mistake. It's not the right time.
1: No, oh, no, wait a minute. This is good stuff. I can do this. And so Anton starts to like play it cool. He's like, it, it, it's not the right time. You're right. He's just laid fucking paper all over the place with this <laughs> elaborate thing he's been cooking for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And he's. It can't
5: be done. He's ready to so, throw it all away. He's like, uh, no. You know what? Like, right. again, absolutely master of manipulation. And yes. and just mind control. Um, yes. And again, like th- this is this is basically like these pages are like uh, like like Sami's dot. Like this is like a a a banned like illicit, you know, like uh like a, a maneuver that he's been yes. like hiding in like a locked like treasure chest.
1: This is a portable chest made of iron and wood to contain valuables. It's reputed to have belonged to Francis Drake. It would be great to be able to open it up and find treasure. There's two reasons why it's come into the studio. One is for some conservation work, but the other is
5: to actually get the chest open because we don't have the key. I've had to make a key. It's just, yeah, and, like... The, and this, the, this
1: moment when he goes, it's not the right time. Doug goes, no, 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 wait a minute, this is good stuff
5: yeah this is, good stuff. this is good stuff <laughs> what an amazing like, way to it, like, refer to it
1: he's saying this is good stuff looking at crude cave drawings
5: with indecipherable people. handwriting by the way like there is no way he can like look at these and actually like yes. this is again these look like magic it's spells cr- it like, looks like
1: cryptic code like literally yeah. you would need to be like a code breaker to decipher what these notes even say. yes and doug is like he doesn't even care he just like He's all in on like the tattered paper. He's feeling it. He's like, yeah, all he needs to know good. is
5: it's, it's forbidden and therefore I'm in. Yeah. And so he goes,
2: I can do this.
3: Absolutely not.
2: What do you expect us to name it after you? No, no, it's a mistake. It's not the right time.
3: No, no, wait a minute. This is good stuff. I can do this. So what are you saying? I can't. Hey,
0: if the shoe fits.
3: Hey, listen, I've been competing for 13 years and nobody tells me what I can or cannot do.
5: Don't quit your day job.
1: I have been competing for 13 years, and no one can tell me what I can and cannot do. To which point, and this is—I have a very important theory to get into. Anton doesn't say anything. He just has a glint in his eye.
5: Yes, when at 18, he hears, at 1:18:20, as Kate is screaming, "No one tells me what I can or cannot do." They—the movie flashes to Anton for just a second and we see a wry little smile creep across his face, and he knows, boom, he's got him. Yeah. He's like, that's it. That was easy.
1: If you'll indulge me for my tinfoil hat moment, I would like to address something that I did bring up in a former podcast episode (laughs) that I need to readdress. Okay. Which is, it has been brought up that one of uh, the earliest roles that – that, you know, Johnny Mosley, Anton. No, no, no. Oh, sorry.
5: Anton, I thought you were talking about a dinner roll. My bad. <laughs> oh,
1: no, no, no. We're talking about uh, we're talking about Anton's past.
5: Oh, Jack, okay. yes, yes.
1: Jack Mosley had uh, actually told us before that he was part of like the Soviet Ar- Army's uh, skating, the Central Soviet Army Sports Club. OK, mm-hmm. and I had floated like I feel like Anton has killed people and is uh, actually trained
5: by the KGB. And you mm-hmm. were all
1: like. Uh, eh, I, I don't really see it. You kind of like flippantly were like, no, I, I don't think he's an agent. I don't remember uh,
5: doing that. I think I was like, yeah, I'm on board with that. You're
1: on board? Okay, well, I felt, yeah, like, yeah. I, I felt like you weren't I don't remember fighting that in any way. <laughs> now, I would like to address uh, a, a man named Yuri Bezmanov. I would like to uh, bring him uh, to your attention. Yuri Bezmanov was okay. an ex-KGB agent who defected to the United States in the 1970s. And in the 1980s, Uh, Yuri Bezmenov went on the public record in America to explain the techniques employed by the KGB to the American public. He went very Uh publicly and this was very much against what the Russians were doing at the time and as he explained it the most important tactic employed by the KGB is a type of psychological warfare called subversion, meaning Uh the ability to change the perception of reality
5: Well you spoke several times before about ideological subversion that is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it?
6: Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, overt and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes and they can see it. There is no mystery. There is nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond type of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of intelligence at all. According to my opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, No one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in in four basic stages. Uh, The first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of of your enemy exposed to the ideology of the enemy in other words Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism American patriotism the result The result you can see. Most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind, even if if you... expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people you you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of, the, uh, of the United States society. And yet these people who have been programmed and as you say in place and yes.
5: who are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept, mm-hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of
6: them yes, uh, uh, simply because... The psychological shock when when they will see in future what the what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, obviously they will revolt. They they, they will uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people, and the Marxist Leninist regime does not tolerate these people.
1: Despite an abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. Mm-hmm. So subversion, as he explains it, is a slow, hard-earned brainwashing technique that is comprised of four basic stages and I am arguing that Anton is a KGB agent that was trained by the KGB that used all of these techniques to get what he wanted step one this is Yuri Bezmanov ex-KGB officer explained this in the 1980s the first step to subversion is demoralization In his example, he says it takes 10 to 15 years to demoralize a nation. That's Mm -hmm. one generation of training. For Doug, it took about one year. So let's look (laughs) at what Anton actually says right off the top. He goes, Smilkov and Bruskin. Last night they win European Championship. Perfect scores. Everybody's blown away. Contest is over. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that to be true. He's demoralized them to the point that he goes, everything you've trained for, it doesn't matter. It's already over. Forget it. You're, you're losers. So that's the point. You demoralize them. Step two. Check. Step is called destabilization. What matters in this phase is the targeting of essential structural elements. Anton <laughs> knows he has to destabilize the belief structure of what is possible not possible in skating. This is what Anton says. Keiko's, you can't do that. Anton goes, eh, the key is to the release. There could be no halfway. Keiko's gibberish. You can't
5: Doesn't do make this. any sense.
1: You can't do this. Anton goes, eh, why not? We have all the pieces. So he's destabilized. and utter, he's first demoralized them. Then he mm-hmm. destabilizes their belief structure of what is actually safe to skate by saying we have all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Then this is the most important part. The third phase of this is called crisis. As Yuri puts <laughs> the next stage is crisis. In his own words, Yuri explains this stage might only take up to six weeks. Huh. Six okay. weeks. Remind me, gents, how many weeks out to lose
5: <laughs> I think we got five, if I'm not five mistaken. Five weeks. We got
1: uh, five. <laughs> that's right. Five weeks. Anton creates, through sheer willpower and words, a crisis of confidence. He goes, mm. contest is over. Smirkov and Bruskin are unbeatable. So hello, Soviet surprise package. Goodbye, gold medal. He yeah. creates the crisis that they cannot win gold medal. Goodbye, gold medal. shatters their confidence. Yeah. And then the last step is called Normalization. The final fa- phase of this psychological warfare, which as Bezmouth explains, is the normalization is when your country is basically taken over, living living under a new ideology and reality. So Kate are completely disarmed, their confidence is shattered, their belief system is completely upended, and that is when Pamchenko starts literally there with their own eyes looking at this this Pamchenko being like You can't do this. This will kill people. This is illegal. And Anton, by this point, has demoralized them, destabilized them, created a crisis, and now is normalizing the new method, which is that we're going to do this illegal move that is absolutely going to hurt you, possibly kill you, but I don't care because I want you to do this. And that, gentlemen, is my theory that Anton Pamchenko is a trained KGB agent (laughs) who went through the Soviet uh, oh Army God. Sports Club, defected to America, became a coach, and is now using these techniques
4: to get his way, to get gold. Case closed. <laughs> that's, wow. that's my theory. I mean, it's it's certainly possible. It's certain.
5: I mean, possible. I honestly think it's much more than just possible. Uh, <laughs> I, I would I would put that in the likely to quite likely category. Um, but my question is, is Anton working is his ultimate goal just winning the, the Olympic medal, or is he in fact an agent of, you know, the the former Soviet Union and, and working against the Americans? Does he is he actually trying to I think he's have a defector. one of them killed?
1: No, he's a okay. true, I think he's a true defector. He's, he
5: is a defector, so he is he's actually a, working in America's interests. He, he's
1: working in America's interests, but with Absolute By using precision, the,
5: the crafts that he, that he was trained in.
1: using the crafts he learned to yeah. get what he wants, which he said that he's been working on this for 20 years. And he kind of mumbles what I don't really know. I listened to it multiple times. He goes, for 20 years, I've been working on this. But you'll know we have skaters who have situations who have desire. Like, he just starts, like, yeah, mumbling what does that nonsense mean? <laughs> to yeah. Doug. He's like, Doug is like, where do these come from? And he, like, refuses to explain why. Desire. He, he won't tell Doug the truth about it. Like, no skater will do this because it's going to kill somebody. So I, I just think it's fascinating that he uses classic, uh, you know, as Yuri Bezmanov says, it's called subversion, and it's a classic KGB psychological warfare technique to get what you want by just mentally destroying your enemy. And in this case, the enemies are the people who are coaching to win gold on his behalf through his crazy ass move called the Pamchenko. Uh,
5: incredible stuff! Incredible. Thank you, thank you for that, Christian. Thank um, you. Yeah, it
1: was. Uh, this was where I was like, well. Tinfoil yeah. hat time, baby.
5: Let's do it. Let's 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 go there. <laughs>
1: also, my work laptop has so many like Colored Google. Quite in, convinced. In, my Google laptop for for work is now just like half. Like <laughs> I need to find more. Let's information say it's compromised. Russian psychological warfare. They're <laughs> 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 you know, like, uh, um, what were you doing today? Your you employer is
5: going to be like, yeah, sorry. Uh, what do you? Um, Look, I wow. I well, I have a little bit website. more research to to drop on us because we should actually take a moment to discuss the move itself. Um, Yeah. If, if, uh, if, if this is the right time for that. Um, So Doug kind of, you know, hints at it. It's a a bounce spin into a toss, I believe is what he says. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, at various points, at multiple points, uh, Kate says that it is illegal um, which is, uh, you know, you mentioned Anton kind of throws at the, eh, it's gray area. It's not a gray area. It's not a gray area. <laughs> the move is prohibited in amateur and Olympic competition per International Skating Union rules. Uh, it is uh, sometimes performed by professionals and or in exhibition skating, um, but due to the high risk of head injury, it is a uh, a move strictly prohibited in international amateur competition, Um, reading quickly here from a mental floss article, the Pamchenko twist does have a basis in reality. It is composed of two parts, as Doug deftly put it. The first part is a bounce spin, which is a real move that is actually illegal in competition per international skating union rules. It's often performed in exhibitions and shows because it is quite a death defying crowd pleaser. The man grabs the woman by her feet and swings her up and down as he rotates. The second part is a throw twist, more commonly known as a split twist. Uh, This is a required technical element in high-level pairs competition. To get full credit, a man and woman must start skating backward together. The male partner typically launches the female above his head, where she splits her legs and twists in midair as she pulls them back together. The man catches her as she comes down. Now, put the bounce spin together with the throw twist. The physics just don't compute. The centrifugal, uh, and that's another thing that Kate says. She, she says uh, illegal, and she also says uh, it's impossible, I think, at one point. She uses the word impossible, um, which, you know, would suggest uh, physically impossible. Uh, and, uh, yeah, sure enough, the physics just don't compute. Uh, reading again here from Mental Floss, uh, the centrifugal force built up during the bounce spin would launch the woman, assuming she is released at the highest point of the bounce spin, <laughs> on a parabolic trajectory. In theory, she could use the momentum to twist in the air, but it is highly unlikely that she would be thrown high enough to pull it off without getting her head smashed onto the ice during the bounce spin. And even if she did, the horizontal trajectory would launch her so far away from her partner that there's no realistic way he could have (laughs) enough time to stop his own momentum from the spinning and traverse the distance to catch her. Kamchenko says in the film that it's all about timing, but frankly, it's not worth risking the horrifying injuries that would inevitably result to test his theory. And um, just in case you're like, oh, okay, well, that's one writer's opinion. Uh, let me uh, <laughs> let me offer a second source. You know, I am a professional journalist, so I do believe in uh, confirming. Uh, you know, with a second source uh, Yahoo News, our old friend is back Oh <laughs> uh, Yahoo Quote, the Pamchenko is just crazy Impossible and totally illegal In amateur competition Former US figure skating medalist Sharon Cars tells Yahoo Entertainment Her one time Skating partner, John Denton, agrees Quote The idea of the Pamchenko is a girl Being swung in a circle, then going Up and spinning, and then the boy Catching her and putting her down But that's not physics. You can't swing somebody in a circle and then all of a sudden get them up in the air and change your trajectory. It's worth noting that Cars and Denton should be taken as the absolute authorities on the subject of the Pamchenko. Not only are they both former skating pros, but they also served as the skating doubles on the cutting edge, filming much of the on rank action in place of stars Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney personally recruited by the film's British skating choreographer, Robin Cousins, himself an Olympic champion who won a gold medal at the 1980 Lake Placid Games, Cars and Denton laced up as Mosley and Dorsey and performed the majority of the fictional couple's leaps and twirls as well as individual moments in the three-part Pamchenko. So, yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> I also think that everything you just said, that it's wildly uh, reckless to throw a woman into high into the air is exactly what doug wants he's well, already we'll said we'll get that to he that christian to, we know that he <laughs> wants to scrape be to her that. off the ceiling with a putty with a knife
5: putty knife <laughs>
4: yeah he has established that let me chime in here and say yeah. um thank you for all that ben yeah sorry uh, chris it's it's,
5: it's the, the floor is yours we, we've been you know dominating here for, for all a little good. bit
4: so i think there. I have to say there's something like really ingenious, I think about making a romantic comedy about figure skaters because the nature of figure skating uh, and this, I'll use this as a segue to actually talk about this scene and what happens in this scene. Yeah. But the nature of figure skating is such that especially pairs doubles is that they are forced to not just touch each other physically, but they are, they are physically reliant on each other for safety
5: Yes, absolutely.
4: So they are lifting each other up in the air, and the person that's up in the air depends on the person holding them to not drop them and hurt them mm-hmm. because they're spinning and twirling in the air. Yeah,
5: on a so very hard always, surface, mind you.
4: There's always this potential danger and safety uh, that's earned and at stake, mm-hmm. and it translates very well, I think, into a personal, intimate and romantic, you know, a story about romantic relationships and subplots. Sure. Um, And I only think of this because of when Moira and Doug are on the rocks here in the movie at one hour and 19 minutes, he is literally throwing her around on the ice. Yes. I mean... So they're, they're trying this new figure skating routine that Anton has come up with. It's this highly dangerous move, right? And... She is being tossed around and must be in immense physical pain. Yeah, I'm gonna how much she falls on the
5: ice. Yeah, we're also gonna be going through every single scene. Yeah, so uh, let's. I
4: think let's use this as the segue to begin that conversation about (sighs) all all of the spins and twirls Mm. and just. Because Doug literally is hurling her around at, at at points like a rag doll, right? Yeah, yeah. Like,
5: and I'm gonna offer a, a, a trigger warning here, honestly, for our listeners. <laughs> Th- this is like by far, and I'm not joking, like the most upsetting scene in the entire film. Uh, I that we're mean, about to discuss
4: it should it's be physical noted that, violence.
1: Yeah, it's one right, of the most are,
5: disturbing montages I've ever seen in any movie, frankly.
1: Yeah, because honestly, the crazy part watching this sequence is these are actual humans doing the sequence like it's not a dummy doll and like th- whoever is the woman in the sequence
5: yeah the stunt i don't know who the stunt double is because i doubt that it's the sharon cars like the figure skater i'm sure they they use some the
1: head is all, at every turn barely off the ice i mean they are this move looks as dangerous as you can understand why Anton's been keeping this in a journal, needed to draw the blinds to... Yeah, because he would be fucking
5: arrested if anyone found it in his possession. <laughs> um, let's also be clear here. Like So this so the scene that we're about to discuss, this is a, the, the practice montage, the, the Pamchenko practice montage. Uh, and what we have here is Doug uh, holding Kate by the ankles, spinning her around and around, and dropping her onto the ice over and over and over again, Uh, While another man, uh, Anton, stands off to the side yelling again, again, again. And a third man, the woman's father, uh, in this case, Jack Mosley, creepily watches it all happen in the background. Um, So this is just a scene of physical violence being perpetrated against a woman. And sure, it's in the context of like, well, yeah, they're practicing a move. But I mean, this is like literally just... Doug, you know, uh, just uh, basically exercising his frustration and taking it out on a fucking crash test dummy in the form of Kate. Are they gonna get it eventually? Before they kill each other? Release! Release must be
2: total! It's not halfway! Halfway is bullshit! You go halfway!
4: I mean, I will go as far as. Man, you just said it. Crash test dummy. I almost even wonder, Christian, if this person being spun is like a doll. I, look at look at one hour,
1: eighteen minutes, and forty seven seconds. There is a sequence where it's a wide shot, and it is actual human arms, like terrified, yeah. flailing around. These, this person is a real person. They are yeah. breathing. Yeah. They are alive.
5: Yeah, there's no question. Staring, that's
1: definitely a
4: real person. They are that's staring, staring death. That's definitely a real person. Face.
1: Look at their leg. I, at their leg. Yeah, it's like freaking yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: It's crazy. Yeah, that's a real person. I'm wondering about shots at, for instance, one hour nineteen minutes, and yeah, like one hour, 19 minutes and 10 seconds.
5: Yes. Um, 10, 11. Yeah, seconds. wait, hang on. I'm just going to slow us way down here. I want to, I kind of <laughs> want to go through cause much like the, the bar dance, uh, sequence, I want to, I want to like keep count here. Uh, just how many times, uh, Kate's body crashes into the ice just to like mm-hmm. really hammer home, uh, what, what happens here? Cause I don't think we should shy away from it. I don't think we can avert our eyes to this, uh, you know this this fucking violence, basically. Uh, so, at one eighteen thirty five, um, we get the very first uh, shot of Kate's body. You know, kind of like crashing, but but sort of a, a slide. You know, kind of a fall and a slide onto the ice. Kind of like kind of rolls a little bit.
2: Okay, again, 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 again. higher higher she has to fly
5: again 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 and then he says higher higher she has to fly uh, to which Doug responds by immediately letting go of her at 11852 um, so that is uh, the, our most violent crash yet and that's number four. Uh, and then at that point, uh, Kate's father, who, I, as I mentioned, is creepily uh, leering from the side, uh, <laughs> says, are they going to get it? Are they going to get it? Eventually. Before they kill each other? And Anton replies, eventually. And uh, Jack Millsy says, before they kill each other? Uh, which is a funny line, uh, except it's, know, they're, yeah. not, they're not killing each other. It's actually only Doug uh, who will be killing Kate. Uh, because <laughs> daughter, uh, she, because she
1: is relative. the one his taking blood relation
5: yes that's right uh, his blood relation his daughter that he is watching being pummeled pummeled ground into this hard ice over and over again. She is taking 100% of the punishment here. Doug is not doing anything except spinning her around and letting her fly.
1: And he's and then, doing it in the way that a shot putter does, like a, or a yes. discus spinner. He's That's literally... number six.
5: Real quick, real quick. Number five is uh, right before uh, uh, number five happens. Anton says, release.
2: Release must be total. It's no halfway. Halfway is bullshit. You go halfway, you get
5: hurt. Release must be total. It is no halfway. Halfway is <laughs> bullshit. You go halfway, you get hurt. Immediately followed by Kate getting hurt at 119.12. That is another crash into the ice, and that is the fifth one that we see. Um, and then uh, the sixth one is at 119.14. And that's the most amazing one. Where which is the one that you mentioned, uh, Christian, where it literally looks like he deliberately hucks Kate as far as he possibly can. <laughs> as far can. as he can. As yeah. if he's like, throwing a shot put, like like yeah. he's participating in like some kind of like weird, like archaic wife throwing competition from yeah. like the Highland Games <laughs> or something like that. Like the way that he like kind of like like the look on his face, he's like, like you can almost like hear him grunt as he like swings and releases her. And from this one, which again is the sixth time we see her slam onto the ice, she slams so hard she spins around on it, then very gamely attempts to get to her feet, but she collapses back onto the ice, unable to stand up under her own power, which uh, honestly, Chris, I don't know if you'll, uh, if you remember this, but it it brought, for me, it brought to mind uh, like some of the guys that like Mike Tyson fought back in the day. Specifically, uh does the name Trevor Burbick <laughs> ring a bell?
1: Twenty years old, Mike Tyson on his way to becoming one of the youngest heavyweight champions of all.
5: Trevor Berbick was the guy that that Tyson fought. I want to say in 1988. Let me double. Check, let me uh, fact check that real quick. Um, where he won his first like WBA uh, championship. It was in uh, 1986. Um, the the WBC heavyweight championship. Um, Tyson was like 20 years old, and then it was like mm-hmm. um, you know his first mm-hmm. big title fight, and. The thing that the, the 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 result of what Tyson did to Trevor Burbick in that fight, I believe it was in the second round, Tyson knocked him out, and Burbick kept trying to get up on his feet, but kept falling back down, and he did it like three or four times, where literally he was just he was like it was incredible because his brain was like, no, get up, get up, get up, yeah, yeah and every yeah, time yeah. he and did it, it his fine. legs it would just resist. fall apart and he would crash back down onto the mat until I think it was the uh, ref was Mills Lane. Who very wisely, uh, mercifully called the fight at that point, but that is what we're the the level of brutality that we're that we're talking about here, um, yeah. and then. But we're not done. We're not done because after that, we the montage progresses and we hear higher, much higher, higher,
2: much higher. We are needing an explosion.
5: We are needing an explosion. <laughs> and at 119.34, Anton gets his explosion, uh, which is Kate's head exploding onto the ice at an extremely high velocity, which is number seven uh, that we have seen on screen of Kate hitting the ice. And by now, she's she's literally just like a pile of like broken bones and CTE. Yeah. And mm-hmm
0: at
1: 119 it cuts to Jack and uh, Anton talking with one another and i think it's interesting that Anton has like leather gloves on he doesn't want to get his hands dirty he's just oh, shouting out what he wants like metaphorically he's yeah. not he doesn't want to, he's not doing it himself
3: but he's just shouting. he does not
5: have skin in the game he is just the director yeah so
3: this is as far as I can tell, this is the glove. If you remember, there was one glove found at the crime scene that was referred to as the bloody glove because there was the mate that was found behind the guest house of O.J. Simpson that also had the blood of Ron and Nicole. And it was that evidence that linked Simpson to the crime. And then this, knit Cap, linked Simpson to the location of the crime because it had hairs consistent with his, according to the FBI hair and Fiber Lab in DC and they're testing. And this is the glove that you may recall O.J. Simpson was trying on. He was wearing a latex glove just like this and uh, prosecutors said that the glove had been blood soaked. So it had shrunk somewhat and it was stiff. And when O.J. Simpson was wearing this latex glove, it was believed very difficult for him to put it on even if it did fit. Even if the jurors didn't understand DNA, they didn't understand blood, what they did see was a glove that appeared not to fit and you recall that johnny cochran during the trial said if it doesn't fit you must acquit and that is believed to be the key moment that shifted this trial if it doesn't fit you must acquit it was it was a stunning moment i think everyone in the courtroom gasped and i think that people around the country were riveted by that moment when oj simpson was trying in vain so you had the hat that links oj simpson found at the crime scene, you had a bloody glove at the crime scene and its mate found at OJ Simpson's house with the victim's blood.
1: And you watch the sequence and you're just like if they had run like a practice session like this at the end of it you'd go, "No, it's not possible. This is going to hurt somebody, not Anton."
5: Or like it might be possible but not with you because you need to go to a hospital and recover for like yeah, several yeah. weeks. Like there's like there's a an extremely like honestly like I uh just I, the only word I can describe it uh with is dark like this like dark menacing slow motion shot at the end of the uh at the end of this montage <laughs> um, and it's this like reaction shot by Doug who again like let's remember is doing all of this in the context of like them just having a big fight and like and 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 like all the 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 sexual and romantic tension. And frustration that he is that I guess they're both, but mostly I mean uh, uh, entirely Doug because he's the one again, like who's exacting all of this punishment that that he's working yeah. through right here. Um, and so after the seventh time that Kate's uh, you know limp body has crashed to the ice, there's this like slow motion reaction shot by Doug at around one nineteen like thirty five and his mouth is open as it always is you know and mouth he's just kind of <laughs> just kind of like looking at her looking down uh you know he's standing kate is 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 lying on the ice you know limbs all twisted and mangled and he's just like looking over her and he just has like this vacant like face like there's no look of like it's not like a look of like malevolence or like yeah like that's right like that's what you deserve it just struck me as a look of indifference. Like he's just kind of like, what do you want me to do? Like, and he's not rushing over to help her. He doesn't look worried or upset or like, uh, you know, like uh, sorry in any way. It's just this like Blake blank, like vacant open mouth stare. Um, And, you know, again, like it's not like he went out of his way to, to, create this situation, and, and, you know, he's not the one who invented this insane, impossible, extremely dangerous maneuver in order to, you know, exact this physical punishment on Kate, but let's just say he's kind of, like, shrugging and thinking to himself, like, hey, babe, this is uh, <laughs> this, is, this is ice skating, you know, this, this is figure skating, all right? Yeah. Like, you made me feel like shit, play weird sexual games with my head. And uh, berated me constantly for the past two years. So now this is what happens. What do you want me to do?
4: Yeah, there's also something to the fact that he's wearing a dark black leotard, Ben. And Mm. I do think like it's weird, but the black, like he's wearing a black leotard. She's wearing like a darker navy blue leotard. There is something sort of like superheroy about it, like superhero mm. combat scene mm. that I associate with the physical choreography of it all. And frankly, like the way that that slow motion reaction shot on Doug that you're describing, it reminds me a little bit, almost of like Karate Kid,
6: hmm.
4: um, you know, like like a combat sequence, right? Uh, But the difference here is uh, she's not like an enemy that he's supposed to be beating up. Um, They're supposed to be lovers and partners. Right.
1: I would also submit that this is the same outfit that Arnold Schwarzenegger wore in The Running Man.
0: (laughs) Guess they want us to stay. (laughs)
1: For it. let's get out of here come on weiss come on go
5: these unitards these dark especially unitards. kate's outfit like yeah it's like like Absolutely. neon this blue is, and pink lycra it's like if, it's very after
1: being like tossed hundreds of times in brutal fashion, if Richard Dawson, 1970s game show host, came out <laughs> and they said, "Oh, you've been selected for the Running Game," and then he, then Kate gets put into a little shoot and shot into the underground to yes. fight for her, her life, yes. I go, "Well, yeah, she's dressed like she's part of the Running Man."
2: With the star of Family View, Richard Dawson.
0: But will you respect me in the morning? Uh, we welcome you to Family Feud. We have a show here where we get
2: two great families. They come on and then attack each other viciously.
5: Yeah, there should be like a little ladies like betting on the outcome. Who who will survive the Pamchenko? Uh, is it is it going to be Kate? Nope, my money's on Doug.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Paul Michael Glazer also undoubtedly goes, like as they were like doing set costuming and stuff, that he's like, i know a unitard guy don't worry about it oh yeah yeah this great team on the running man we were
4: sort of alluding to it before but i also think it's worth pointing out that like while all this is going on moira's dad the rocketeer is just sort of watching this whole thing go down and asking her you know asking anton like hey you know are they gonna kill each other? Yeah, he's referring to her not like as his child, but like no. as his racehorse.
5: Well, yeah, like, tellingly, not in a single shot or uh, second dialogue does uh, uh, Howard Hughes, uh, <laughs> Jack Mosley, ever <laughs> address Kate or right. ask her, "Hey, honey, like, are, you are you feeling okay? okay? Does that hurt? Yeah, can you, you can you stand up and like you, touch you, your nose do you, with your finger? Yeah. Like, do you how need to see a doctor? Yeah, are you hurt? Yeah." Are you sure it's you want to keep so... going? Like, is are you cool with this? Like, can yeah, can you stand or the, no? You know,
1: I it think really
4: next... informs where the movie is going. I yes. think, like, like where Kate's character evolves in the end of the movie, like, because her father is just so, uh, like such a stage dad. You know, oh, like, yeah. like he's he's just like he's not he's not a parent. He's just. He's a boss,
5: basically.
2: You can listen to Switch FM.
5: <laughs>